All right, all right, and good afternoon. Welcome to it. John Scholes here, and of course, Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. If you're having issues at work, if it's a severance question, if it's workplace harassment, constructive dismissal, change of shift, anything to do with your boss, maybe you've uh, been laid off, a temporary layoff, maybe it's because it's vaccines. It could be a number of things. doesn't matter. This is your show. Now we ask you to call in live over the next hour and get some answers right usually when you call in you're uh you're doing a service to everybody else as well who may be a little bashful to call in but we invite you to do so now toll free 1-877-399-9898 again 1-877-399-9898 whether you're in alberta or bc bring it on would love to talk to you besides that you can reach out to leorna's team anytime that is help at employment lawyer dot ca help at employment lawyer dot ca and one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred how about that on the show today weird things you need to know about termination and severance you're going to love these so those are coming up here in just a couple minutes but leor we always get it cooking get it humming with the week that was a couple things you've uh you've got in mind what do you got pal hey john always a great afternoon here on uh on the station to talk about employment law and workplace rights and to hopefully solve as many problems as possible. You know, this is the employment law show, but we may as well call it the problem solving show because (laughs) we have this opportunity to solve these problems that people may have in the workplace. Maybe the problem is you're not being treated properly. Maybe the problem is you're not getting paid properly. You're not getting uh, the promises that your employer made to you. Maybe the problem is you don't have a job. You just lost it and you need to get compensated. Whatever that problem, that workplace issue that you're facing, what a great opportunity you have right now to call with that question. I give you the answer, tell you what you need to do, and you walk away with that information. It's valuable, whether it's a question for you, for your friend, a significant other, does not matter. Let's have that chat. It starts with picking up the phone. But of course, you may want to talk to me privately as well. You may want to just have a, a chat or an email exchange privately, off air, no problem. Very good idea, in fact. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show, so stay tuned for that. But as John said, to get us all ready for your calls, let's talk about a couple of situations that came across my desk over the past week. I spoke with a gentleman who uh, had told me that his immediate supervisor was nasty to him, was was bullying him, really, really trying to make him quit. And what he did, this was before he even called me, he went to talk to, to upper management in the workplace he told him about that, and, and they seemed completely disinterested hmm. in doing anything. They just didn't seem to care. They really uh, they, they kind of just fluffed it off, and, and they moved on. So he called me, and he wanted to know what to do. So here's what I told him to do, and here's what he did. I said, go speak to them again. Tell them again. Give them another opportunity to deal with this issue, but this time record this conversation. Okay? Have a uh, little tape recorder or your phone uh and 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 record the conversation without them knowing and let's see what happens so he records it i've listened to the recording and sure enough in this recording he's saying listen the supervisor is is bullying me i need you to do something about it and essentially what they're saying john is well we have other priorities there's big things going on at work right now we don't have time or or interest to deal with this so that's what they said. Well, now that we know that, we know that this employer has bre- it's, it breached its obligations. An employer mm-hmm. has a very strict duty to take these matters seriously, to investigate, to take measures, to rectify the problem. They can't ignore it. They can't say, too bad, we have other things to worry about. They have to. It's the law. So what does this mean? 
Number one, it means that now he can treat his employment as being constructively dismissed. By not doing what they were supposed to, it's as if they let him go. Now he's owed severance. He's been there for six years. He's going to be owed nine months pay. The other thing is there's other damages potentially owing to him because of the fact that they've breached various laws in not dealing with this and not investigating. So uh, it's it's a very bad situation for this employer. Luckily, he has that recording. And oftentimes when it comes to being mistreated, bullying, it's how do we prove what happened? Because remember, this employer wouldn't have admitted it. This other supervisor wouldn't have admitted it. So having either contemporaneous notes, having emails confirming what happened, or in this case, having a recording helps a lot. Now they can't argue with this. They can't say, no, no, this guy is lying. I have the proof. I can get him the compensation that he's owed. So it's something that you have to keep in mind if you need to prove that your employer is mistreating you or not taking your situation seriously. A lot of people are going to think right off the top when you, you tell that story, they are going, yeah, but the, the other guy didn't know he was being recorded. Is that even legal? What is the legal on that? It's a very good question and a good point. It is legal to uh, record someone as long as they're talking to you. As long as you're part of that conversation, that's absolutely fine. It is legal. What is absolutely illegal, in fact, it's a criminal uh, activity, is to record other people uh, without them knowing when you're not part of that conversation. So let's say you want you leave a recorder in the room while other people are talking. That's illegal. You cannot do that. But if you're talking to someone and you want to record them, you're allowed to do that. You're not breaking any laws. And in many cases, like in this one, it could actually be a useful tool. Again, one 399 to call into the show this afternoon and ask any of your questions. That is uh, uh, case number one you're dealing with. Number two, what else you got going on, pal? So number two is actually similar but different. And here's what I mean. Mm. I spoke with uh, another gentleman who... Uh, for the past few months, been working a lot of extra hours, working overtime hours, and his employer is not paying for him. Uh, and they, they initially, they give him the runaround. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll calculate it. We'll pay you. Uh, never happened. And eventually, they said, no, we, we, we're not going to pay for overtime. You're, you know, you're working too slow, whatever it is. They're just not going to pay it, which, of course, they have to. So eventually, this guy quits, and he calls me, and he says, well, now that I don't work there, can I do something to get my overtime? So the answer to that is, yeah, absolutely. I can help you with that. The government can help you with that. That's not a problem. You can get the overtime that you're owed. But there's something else here. Because this employer is not meeting its legal obligation, it's a very basic obligation. Someone works overtime, you got to pay them for that overtime. Because it's not meeting that obligation, and this guy ended up quitting because of it, it's still a constructive dismissal. The employer made this person essentially quit by not paying them what they owed him. He didn't quit because mm-hmm. he didn't want to work there or because he, he uh, wanted to spend more time on the golf course. He quit right. because he was owed money and the company didn't do anything about it. So because of that, they now owe him severance, even though he's the one that quit. They didn't let him go. They didn't fire him. He quit. He's owed severance. I'm going to help him get that severance. So it's an important reminder that ultimately, if your company completely drops the ball in terms of its obligations to you, that could be a constructive dismissal. Maybe it's an overtime issue or vacation pay issue. Maybe like the previous matter, it's a harassment issue. The company has obligations to you. You have rights. And if the company doesn't meet those obligations, yes, there's absolute consequences. What if it's a situation where you've been told don't work overtime, but man, you can't get the job done unless you do that overtime. Can you still get paid for it? 
Absolutely. So that's a great question. And ultimately, if overtime is worked legitimately, it has to be paid for. Now, if, if you're not really working, you're slacking off and you're just staying late to get paid more money. Yeah, that's different. But if you had to do to, to work the extra hours to get the job done, even if your employer didn't tell you to do that or told you not to, if it was legitimate, if it was necessary, you have to get paid. Your employer can't say to you, I didn't want you to work overtime, so I'm not paying you. That doesn't work. If you worked it, you have to get paid for it. One eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. How about that? We'll take uh, Tom in before we take a short break. Hey, Dom, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, uh, I had a situation happen a number of years ago. Um, it didn't work out well at all for me. Um, basically, I was uh, I was uh, in my twenties and working uh, at a Panago. I won't say which one. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, uh, so there was a fellow there that was uh, co-worker. He was maybe 50, and he had been with the company for maybe 20 years, um, and he had this tendency to bully people and just just be a bad guy, and he did it to me, and he did it to a number of other people. Um, before I was hired, he, uh, I was, uh, allegedly, I was told, and I believe the story, that he grabbed a young kid and basically assaulted him, and, uh, you know, said, like, let's go outside, and then while I was working there, I actually witnessed him do it to a different young kid and uh, so it was a very stressful environment and what I ended up doing was I quit because uh, I just couldn't do it anymore I went on EI um, due to the stress and so I collected EI for a while and I also filed a work safe PC uh, claim and I, it was denied so um, you know I'm over it now it was traumatic I'm over it now but uh I know I'm not the only one that uh, has had this experience, and I know that I'm actually not the only one that had this experience in at that at that location, right at that business. So I just kind of wanted to get it out there for everyone to hear, and also maybe if you could just uh, give your opinion and some insight onto how I maybe could have handled things differently. Yeah, and that's a, it's a it's a great question, and, and it's a very unfortunate story. Absolutely, yeah. Workers' compensation, workplace safe, uh, work safe BC would be a complete waste of time here. They, they they don't compensate except in very very extreme situations. What you were owed here is severance because of the work situation. You ended up quitting. You didn't quit because you just felt like it. So that is, in the eyes of the law, termination, and you're owed severance. And actually, it wouldn't even have been particularly difficult to get that severance. So the appropriate remedy here in your situation, anyone that may be in a similar situation, is you can treat your employment as being terminated. And even though you are the one uh, leaving, you're still owed compensation, still owed severance. And depending how long you've worked there, that could be as much as two years' pay. So nothing that can be done right now, because you said it's been a number of years, but certainly an important call, an important lesson there for our listeners if they're ever in that situation. So good to have you on the show this afternoon. Appreciate your time tuning in and calling if you wish to do so. You can do that now, toll free, of course, one 399 9898 is how you do that. You want to email Lior and his team anytime. That is completely possible. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website built just for you. There's tons of information about your employment law rights and also the severance pay calculator. If you've not used that tool uh, before, it's uh, been used by over 2 million people and you can have a go at it at uh, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Figure out exactly how much severance you would be owed if the time ever came where it was necessary. And the number will surprise you, but it is correct. So uh, take that for a spin. Want to get to uh, to Nav, who's been hanging on for a couple of moments. Nav, thank you so much 
much for standing by. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? What's your question? Uh, and I really appreciate it. It's a nice program, and thanks for giving me the opportunity. So my question here is, like, what's the legal production speed allowed as, as per the law? Like, do in any production or manufacturing industries, irrespective of anything. So, and the other thing they they said that the lawyer was mentioning was like you can do the video recording. So, is it like possible to like do the recording when you are facing a kind of bullying or harassment uh, without telling a person, or you need to tell him that you are, you are recording now? That's my question. Thanks. So now you don't have to tell anyone that you're, you're uh, recording them. Uh, as long as you're part of the the conversation, you can have the audio recording. Uh, and uh, so, yes, it can be used in a situation where you want to prove that someone is harassing you or bullying you or or talking inappropriately to you. Absolutely. So that that is is an effective tool, and and you can certainly use that. Now, the other question, I, I am not sure I understood what you're asking. I don't know exactly what you mean about production speeds. Uh, can can you elaborate? Uh, okay, yeah. So let's say, uh, so let's say uh, I work in an example. I work in a facility which is a, 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 like which is processing a meat plant. So there they are having a production speed. Like sometimes it goes high, sometimes it's low. So depending on that. So I, my question is, what's the legal speed allowed in the production? Is there the law? The law you? stays away from that. The law wouldn't know what an appropriate production speed is in your plant. That's for for your employer to decide. So there's there's no laws about production speed, as long as the work itself is safe. That's really the only thing that the law would concern itself with. So so I, I really can't answer that. Now, I appreciate the call. You want to reach out further? Any other questions uh, beyond that one? You can do so anytime. Leorna's team. Always oh, standing by, right? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And as I mentioned before, the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Just going to get a couple more calls lined up and ready to go here. Yours uh, as well, if you wish. Toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight is how you do that. I mentioned off the top, Lee, or the topic for this afternoon's shows in between the calls is weird things you need to know about termination and severance. This may sound bizarre, but it's actually a it's actually a large topic. I know it took you some time to whittle this down to a manageable number of uh, number of facts, right? Yeah, so termination and severance is, is a, an interesting topic because everyone thinks they understand it, what the, when you can be let go and, and what you're owed and, and what an employer can and cannot do, and it's often wrong. So I wanted to talk about some things that you absolutely need to know, but they're strange and that they're counterintuitive, uh, and, and I think that you'll have a lot to, to learn from these. Want to get to the first one before we move on to a call. Everything you know about severance is calculated. How it's calculated is wrong. That's a good place to start because I, I bet you right now, if you and I took a walk down the street and we asked five people, or you know, tell me how severance is calculated if you lose your job, we'll get five answers, but they're all going to be different mm-hmm. and they're all going to be wrong, okay? So pretty much everything you think you know, you, you believe you know about how severance is calculated that it's a week per year service, that it's two weeks per year service, that it's a maximum of six weeks or eight weeks. All that is wrong, wrong, wrong. Severance is much more, first of all, much more than that, and and it can be much more complicated to calculate it than that because your severance is not a, a linear analysis of a week per year. Your severance is based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. The longer you work, older you are, more senior a position, the more severance you're owed, you could be owed 
24-month severance. You could be owed several months severance. You could have only worked for a company for a few months and be owed a few months severance. Very common mm-hmm. to have someone that worked for four months, let's say, and that person could be owed six months severance if they lose their job. Very, very common. So everything you think you know is wrong, and it's because of that people accept inadequate severance because they don't know any better. Yeah. So you can find out always to ca- how to how much severance you're owed and how to calculate it. You can just call me, or you could do this yourself. You could do it right now. Grab your smartphone, your ta- your tablet, whatever you want. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use our severance calculator. Free and anonymous. Takes you a few seconds. But remember, whatever you think you know is wrong. You need to know how it's actually calculated. You bet. The number again, calling in one 877 Sean, thanks for hanging on. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. Um, good. I want to ask this gentleman if I've been out of job since 92. I was hired as sales. I was you know, on the road. And I've, over the years, became you know sales manager, still on the road, um, marketing director. Uh, when COVID happened, everybody got laid off except for myself. Um, so now I've been doing since that day, all the deliveries, the warehouse work, shipping and receiving, uh, filing. Um, I haven't been able to take a holiday in all the years. I've never used all my holidays. And now the employer has hired his niece back, uh, or to the company and has been doing uh, some sales online and stuff, but you know, hasn't even talked to me about what she's doing in the sales department. Um, I'm still doing deliveries, and uh, you know, at my age, it's pretty tough with my hip and my knee. I want to know if I quit, do I still have any legal recourse, or do I put myself in jeopardy? Do I have to wait till he fires me for constructive dismissal, or how? I mean, I just don't know how much longer I can keep doing it. So you said also there's a physical issue that's preventing you from doing the job? Well, it's not. I keep doing the job, but you know, I've been really sore. He knows that. I've asked him on at least three occasions, you know, are you going to get a, we need to get a driver. You know, you need to get someone to do the deliveries. So, and, so here's uh, what I'm going to tell you. Number one, one thing you can absolutely do is talk to your doctor, get a doctor's note saying for physical reasons, you can't do the deliveries. Uh, and he has to accommodate you. If he tries to punish you, let you go, or ignores that doctor's note, there's significant legal consequences, including constructive dismissal. The other thing is this. You're obviously, because of COVID and since COVID hit, doing a different job than what you were doing before. So one of the things to say, okay, to tell your employer in writing, so COVID was a unique situation. I knew, I know you needed me because other people weren't here. Now that kind of COVID is hopefully behind us, I need to go back to the way things were. I never agreed to do this permanently. Say that, put that in writing. Give him a, some time to deal with that, you know, a couple of weeks, follow up with him. If nothing changes, if he says, too bad, I don't care, then yeah, you have a case for constructive dismissal even with that. But I want you to be on the record saying, this is not what we agreed on and I'm not okay continuing with this. So doctor's note or that email or both of them. And yeah, once you do that, let me know, call me off air 
and I'll be able to help you pursue a constructive dismissal. And welcome back to it. It's uh, 434. you got lots of time still to call in here. And, uh, you know, give us a call, whatever. Talk about stuff, employment law preferably, right? one 399 Anytime you want to reach out, by the way, to Lior after the show, here is how you do that. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the trusty email. And the phone call, as you know, one 821 5900 Now, I mentioned it, and Lior did mention it earlier on the last segment. If you're wondering about anything else having to do with employment law, your rights and your severance, how you calculate it beyond calling Lior uh, just for a couple of minutes, he could do that, obviously. But uh, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. It's free. It's anonymous. There's so much good stuff to be learned on there. And again, the pocket, uh, the severance pay calculator will be there as well. In between the calls, back to this, and that is weird things you need to know about termination and severance. Number two is this, Lior, even if you were let go without cause, the employer can change its mind and say that it was for cause. What's that all about? Yeah, so uh, the termination for, uh, without cause, really it's a situation where you let go and you know, restructuring, cost cutting, nothing that you did. And oftentimes, uh, well, in fact, most of the times, that's when you're going to be terminated. Most people, when they're let go, are without cause. Hmm. But here's the thing. In some situations, an employer that lets an employee go without cause, can later say, you know what, in hindsight, I think we have cause and I'm going to treat this termination as a for-cause termination. How does that happen? I'll give you an example. So let's say an employee's let go, I don't know, restructuring, nothing too uh, uh, major, uh, just cost-cutting, restructuring. Employee leaves and then the employer starts looking through the employee's computer and realizes that whenever the employee was supposed to be working, they were on social media or shopping on Amazon and really weren't doing hmm. much work, really, which is time theft. So that right. employer says, well, now in hindsight, uh, we're going to terminate you for cause and we're going to try to avoid paying you severance because of what we found out. We call this after acquired cause. Now, even in that situation, I think it's extremely important to remember that it is very difficult, very difficult to legally terminate an employee for cause. For you to be deprived of your severance, you would have had to do something terrible, something awful, uh, something that makes it so bad that you just can't be employed anymore by this employer. It's very difficult to establish. That doesn't mean that the employer may not try to establish that and prove that. But yeah, it is possible, believe it or not, for a company to change the basis of the termination after the fact. Next one is this, pal. Employers that are concerned about the high cost of severance have a very simple way to reduce liability. Now, this one's going to be interesting for all our employer listeners out there. What do you mean? So severance is is significant. So, you know, mm-hmm. severance can be, frankly, anywhere from three months to 24 months. And that's a significant amount of money. And for employees, that's great. If you lose your job, the law is going to come in and make sure you get a significant amount of severance. A lot of employers are going to say, well, wait a second, that costs us a lot of money. And it does. And, you know, if we don't want to have to pay that amount, is there something that we can do to avoid it? And the answer is, yeah, there is. And it's not even complicated. What you have to do is have a proper employment agreement in place with your employees that limit their future severance. So if you have an employment agreement that properly and and correctly limits future severance, then you can uh, pay a fraction of what you would otherwise have to pay. It could be the difference between paying an employee two months of severance and 24 months of severance. So an employer can absolutely do that. Now, a lot of employers either don't know that they can do that, so they don't bother, 
or they try to do it, but they do it incorrectly. They, they don't, uh, they find something online or they use the same agreement that they used 15 years ago. Guess what? The law changes. So whatever was good 15 years ago, is not going to be good anymore now. So you have to make sure that your employment agreements are up to date. For employers, that's what they need to do. Now, if we look at it from the perspective of the employee, if you're an employee, you don't want to sign an employment agreement for exactly that reason. You want to much rather start a job on a handshake. You may want to start a job with something written at the pub on the back of the napkin. That's much <laughs> better than signing that employment agreement. So again, depending on your perspective, employee or employer can be really, really good for the employer, can be pretty bad for the employee. If I'm an employer hearing this and I go, we have a Leo, the ship's already sailed. I can't do an employment agreement because I have people working for me. How about something like working notice? Is that a good way to reduce it if you're uh, letting people go? Yeah. So one way to, to reduce your uh, severance obligations is instead of the 12 months severance that you have to pay, as an example, you can give 12 months notice or you can give a certain amount of notice to make up the difference with severance. So yeah, you can absolutely do that. The thing is this. Oftentimes, employers don't want to have employees around for too long once they've told the employee that they're going to be leaving. I don't know that too many employers want to give someone 12 months notice, uh, as an example, or 16 or 18 or 24 months, but you absolutely can. And yeah, that could save you severance, absolutely. Pardon me, one 9898 You still got some time to call into the station and give us a uh, give us a question to be answered with the remaining time of the show. We're talking about weird things you really need to know about termination and severance. And uh, this one we, we talked about earlier, but I want to go over it. If you work overtime, the overtime hours count when calculating severance. You got to get paid for them, yeah, but they count for severance. Explain that. And that's important to remember. So, you yeah. know, you may have a base salary. You make, you make a certain yearly salary. But you also often work overtime, which means you get paid extra. So your base salary may be 50000 but with overtime, maybe you make sixty-three. as an example. Well, if you lose your job, your severance is calculated based on the 63000 in that example. In other words, it accounts for your overtime. Your overtime hours, because it's part of your compensation, have to be accounted for when it comes to severance. Now, we don't know how much overtime you would be working if you continued working, which is why we would look at an average. So that's why if you lose your job and your compensation varies, maybe some months you work a ton of overtime, other months you don't work as many hours. Well, that's okay. We will look at an average and that average is going to be what's used for your severance. So it's not just your base salary. Employers often forget about overtime when it comes to calculating and that's wrong. That's illegal. The other thing employers often forget when it comes to calculating your severance is things like commissions and bonuses, and car allowance, and pension contributions, and benefits. All those items have to be accounted for and be included as part of your severance. And like I said, overtime is a big one, and it could be worth thousands and thousands of dollars as part of your severance. Did the same thing apply for people who have been, because of COVID or otherwise, on a temporary layoff for two years? Now they come back, they've been called back after a couple of years, they're working again. Does that two years also add on to their time served? So yeah, if, if you went back to work after after being away from COVID for, for COVID, and then at some mm-hmm. point you were let go, those years count towards your seniority, absolutely. So if you work for five years, you're off for two, and then you're back to work, and next month you lose your job, you're now a seven-year employee because those years do count. So absolutely, your employer can't forget about that. And the reason why that's important is 
the more seniority you have, the more years you have with your employer, the more severance you're owed. I remember once you told you had this story about somebody who was on a, uh, a a sick leave or they they were off ill for years, decades, and the company forgot about them. And all of a sudden, it's like they had this person lurking in the background. And all that time was adding the whole time they weren't even working, remember? Yeah. So this this was an extreme story. It's a person that had worked for less than a year right? and went off on a disability leave. And fast forward close to 30 years later, I think it was, <laughs> uh, the person says, ah, guess what? I'm better. Here I am. Who are and you? No one had a clue who this person was. There was not a single person that had worked there 29 years before. and But but they went through their records and they found that, yeah, this person kind of went off and no one did anything. They kind of forgot about this person. So believe it or not, she was now a 30-year employee, even though she had worked for like nine months or something. So yeah, if you're an employer, don't forget about your employees on a, on a disability leave. That could be a, it's an extreme situation, but it's certainly possible. Yeah. I want to get to one more. We got a couple more of these. I want to get to one more before we got to slide into a break. We're talking about weird things you need to know about termination and severance. This is one of the main reasons why we started the show over 10 years ago. The government cannot help you get you what you are owed if you lost your job. Cannot. So obviously the, an inclination may be an actually, I think, a reasonable inclination. Yep. If I lost my job, I want to know if what my employer is doing is legal. I'm going to call the government branch uh, dealing with this, Ministry of Labor, the Employment Standards Office. I'm going to call them and talk to them and ask the mm-hmm. question. That makes sense. In fact, if I wasn't an employment lawyer, that's probably what I would think to do if, if I lost my job. I get that. But guess what? Despite how this much this makes sense, the government cannot, cannot help you get your severance, certainly not your full severance. The government can only help enforce your minimum severance entitlements. So they may be able to help you get a week's pay per year of service, but those are your minimum entitlements. Your full entitlements can be 10 times that, 20 times, 50 times that. So it's extremely important to understand that if you lose your job, government can help you. For that, you need to speak to an employment lawyer. If you don't like me, that's okay. Speak with another employment lawyer. You cannot go to the government for that. You can absolutely go to the government if you have an overtime issue or a vacation pay issue, or your employer is not paying you for your stat holiday, you can go there and you should go there and they can absolutely help you. But when it comes to losing your job, government can't do that. In fact, they can mislead you, not by per- on purpose, mm-hmm. by telling you hey, you're, you're owed three weeks severance when in fact you could be owed nine months severance. Please do the right thing. For that, you have to get legal advice. Which I think is is one of the main roots of cause as far as why you said earlier, you know, if you ask t- 10 people walking down the street, they'll say, oh, yeah, it's a week per year, two weeks per year, because it's based on that information from the office they think they should be going to when it comes to severance. And that's the reason why they're wrong, right? Th- they are wrong. And, and you know, the, the government offices are helpfully have websites up that you can read that will tell you the same incorrect or I should say incomplete information. Yeah. Uh, but so that's why there's so many misconceptions with about severance. And that's why oftentimes, by the way, John, employers count on those misconceptions. They count on you believing that you're mm-hmm. only owed three weeks severance after three years. So that way, when they offer you four weeks, you're really, really happy when in fact you're owed eight months severance. So if you're listening to this show right now, you know better. So don't let that happen to you. 
You bet. Welcome back. A few minutes uh, to go here, which means you still have time to uh, give us a call. Slide one in there, one 9898 Totally toll-free. In the meantime, get back to a, you know one or two more points about the topic we had on the show today. There's weird things you, you need to know about termination and severance. This last one's a beauty. So it's, uh, you know, if, it's really difficult, Leor, to get compensation for what we call hurt feelings or emotional distress. What do you mean by that? So when when people call me, usually when they lose their job, they're they're talking about severance, but oftentimes they're very upset by the way they were treated. They were, they feel that their boss was dishonest or unfair, or that the company just didn't do right by them, and they're usually very upset about that, and they're hurt. And oftentimes, you know, there, there's real emotional distress there, and I get it, and, and I feel for these individuals, and I probably would feel the same way if I was in their shoes. But here's where the law may be actually inadequate. The law doesn't know how to make your employer a better person or to deal with those those emotions and, and hurt feelings. If you lose your job at that point, the law can only deal with the situation by way of severance. That's why you hear us talk about severance so often on the show is because when it comes to losing your job, at least, that's the only thing the law can do. The law can say, wait a second, this person is extremely upset. The employer, you are, you, you are not honest, so we're going to punish you, employer. The law does not do that. Now, the, mm-hmm. the exception would be a situation where the employer has acted in a discriminatory manner. So they let you go because of your age or ethnicity or disability. That's illegal. And if you're legal in that situation, yes, there's going to be some significant consequences for the employer. But generally, outside from that, if you're you're let go, it comes down to severance. And oftentimes, I have to tell people, uh, you know, that I understand you're upset. I understand you're hurt. You may even now be talking to your doctor because you you, you feel so distraught. But the law does not address that usually. There's no compensation that's available beyond severance. Now, that said, of course, let's not forget that severance is a substantial amount. It could be as much as I said, as much as two years pay. But beyond that, the lot does not uh, is not able to do much. You know, earlier we talked about that uh, that crazy number with you had that uh, that uh, client you know was off the job disability for thirty years. Nobody knew that this person existed. Came back and it added to their uh, their severance when they were let go to a massive number. You've often talked about the fact that most people are offered a lot less severance, if not all, than they're actually owed. But what's the worst severance offer that you ever saw? You know, I uh, I once uh, saw or. or was, representing someone that had worked for a company for close to 30 years and was offered two weeks pay and her employer felt <laughs> that she should be grateful for getting it. Uh, and and this was an employer that really was confused and she had worked for the same employer as a bookkeeper for 30 years. John, that's, that's a lot of time, my God. And then, you know, here's uh, two weeks, not even a gold watch. Uh, yeah. and, and she of course, was owed 24 months pay easy, mm-hmm. and we got her the 24 months. But that difference, probably still to me, the biggest that I've ever seen from two weeks to 24 months, probably the worst package I've ever seen. I mean, certainly, I've certainly seen employers try to avoid paying any yeah. severance whatsoever. But in terms of employers that thought that they were paying what they owed someone, two weeks pay instead of 24 months, yeah, that's got to be the worst one that I've seen. Totally. Uh, again, the email address, not just now, but for any time, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to move down to Ron. It says, hey, Lior, love the show. My employer let me go a week after I came back from a medical leave. I just found an ad online where they've posted for a replacement for me. Can they do this? 
Well, no, they can't because if you're off on a medical leave and you're coming back to work, here's the employer's options. If there is legitimately no job for you, legitimately, that they can let you go with severance. Otherwise, they have to take you back. So in this case, clearly there was a job for this person. The employer just decided not to bring him back. So number one, yeah, of course he's owed severance. We know that. We've been saying that all along. But potentially this is also a human rights violation. Employer, this employer looks like it's not bringing him back because maybe they think that he's too sick or mm-hmm. that he's not reliable or maybe he's going to go off on another medical leave. Well, again, that's not legal. Can't do that. So, yeah, he needs to call me. Let's, let's dig into this a bit more. But if your employer is letting you go after disability leave just to turn around and hire someone for the exact position that you had, no, no, no. That's not legal. There's going to be consequences to that. Let's get to Sean. I think a different Sean that called us earlier today, but uh, he says, I've been given two choices to reduce my hours significantly or to an office one and a half hours away. What are my rights? Well, there's those two options, I guess, but there's also a third option, which Mm -hmm. is, well, none of the above uh, (laughs) because his employer doesn't have the ability to reduce his hours, but they also don't have the ability to insist that he relocate an hour and a half away. If his employer does either of those things, then that's a constructive dismissal, and he's owed severance. So he can tell his employer, not interested. I'm only interested in continuing my regular job in my regular location and leave it to the employer. Maybe they back off and they leave him be. Or maybe they say, well, too bad. We're going to decide for you. We're just going to reduce your hours then. Well, if they do that, that's a constructive dismissal. Remember, an employer does not have the ability to make significant changes to terms of employment. So reducing your hours, yeah, that's a big deal. Relocating you an hour and a half away, that's a big deal as well. Both of those things are constructive dismissal. So he doesn't have to choose one of those things. He can choose the third option, which is, again, constructive dismissal. Is there, uh, as from the employer's side, if they're wondering, do they have any wiggle room? Is there any leeway as far as maybe those two things, for an example, that they can change? Eh, they can tweak a little bit and still have the employer or employee comply? Yeah. So the, the key here is kind of the word significant. We say that an employer cannot make significant changes to terms of employment, but that means that they can make some changes or changes that are not significant. So yeah, can your employer change your hours of work from 930 to, to 4.30 to, you know, 9 to 5, yeah, they right. can because it's not a significant change. But could they say instead of working mornings, you're going to work afternoons? Absolutely not. No way. That's a significant change. It's an absolute constructive dismissal. So every situation is different and what's significant is going to vary. So if you're not sure if what your employer is, is doing does rise to the level of a constructive dismissal, if it's legal, if they can do that or not, call me. Let's talk about that. Before you say yes, before you say no, before you quit, before you do anything, let's talk about that. Let's make sure that we're on the right side of a constructive dismissal. Got a minute to go. There should be enough time to squeeze in Stan's email. Says, hey, Leor, I've not received a pay increase in more than five years. Does my employer not have to give me an increase? Well, obviously, there's very good reasons for an employer to provide an increase. It keeps employees motivated. It keeps employees happy. They keep them at the workplace so they don't look for, for other jobs. So absolutely. But is it a requirement, a legal requirement? And the answer is no. An employer is not legally required to provide a pay increase unless it's a unionized environment. So if your employer doesn't, talk to them. Maybe you can convince them. But the law does not make the employer provide that increase.
And that is it for an afternoon. Thank you so much for your contributions, emails, and phone calls earlier on. We really appreciate it. You can now reach out to Lior and his team anytime now that the show is done. One more time, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address and that website, including Severance Pay Calculator, is at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time in the Employment Law Show.